And why is she getting sick, girls? Because she was hate fucked. <laughs> <laughs> that poisoned her. And all the hate is amazing. <laughs> I get I just feel like Chris Nicole just put her wildest ideas yeah. into this book. Like all the nonsense that she was like, am I crazy enough to go there and have this be a plot point? <laughs> she was like, yeah. <laughs> another episode of Romancing the Monsters. I'm M. Hi, I'm S. I'm Seth. And this week we read McGreeve by Cressley Cole. I can't believe we're here. It's I like know. Buck, I don't know, like 13? Right? Yeah, 13. I think it's 13, yeah. Incredible. I'm so proud of us guys. I, I didn't think we would make it here, to be honest. <laughs> um, Seth, what is McGreeve about? Wow. It's not about McCreeve. <laughs> right? I mean, like, I wonder who this book could be about. Uh, <laughs> so, yes, it's about um, our like a McCreeve. Um, and we start off with a flashback um, from when he was 13. And, like, just a warning um, we're going to be talking about uh, rape and, like, child rape as well. Um, like, I just yeah. feel like that's a big trigger warning. And I just wanted to mention mm-hmm. that before going forward. Um, but yeah, so basically it starts off with a 13-year-old McGreeve getting raped by a succubus, um, and at that time he doesn't see it I mean, as rape. I not, mean, not even, it's grooming. It's literally grooming. It's, it's further than that. Yeah. yeah. He was groomed. He, his first time was when he was nine. I thought it was 13. No, no. He was with her for four years. Yeah. So he was nine. At, when he was 13. So he's been with her since he was nine. And, like, you don't know that. Sorry, I'm interrupting the blur. But, like, you don't know how young he is in the no, prologue. No. You, you don't. learn that later on, just how young. And I remember sitting there. I think I was doing my makeup and listening at the same time. And I literally sat down. I was like, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> Awful. That prologue was pretty dense because, yeah, like yeah. you said, we don't know his age. We just know that it was when McReeve was younger. Yeah, um, but younger and in, in their years could be like a hundred years old exactly or <laughs> even not. right before his uh trans like transition in his 30s like i honestly thought he was a man in his 20s and like you know things had happened and yeah but no he was only 13 and he started getting raped when he was nine it's disgusting anyways um <laughs> so he's being raped by a succubus um her name's Ruel. Um, and apparently if you have sex with succubus more than three times or you, you know, finish with a, uh, a succubus the third time, uh, you become envenomed, which basically means, um, you kind of go through like withdrawals and you'll die if you don't have sex with them, um, soon. Um, and anyways, his parents find out what's going on there, um, and are obviously horrified, rightly so, it's their own child, um. And sadly, his mother dies trying to kill Ruel, and then 
she was also pregnant, so that means his unborn sister also passed away. And sadly, like I think it was a week after, his dad also follows his mom because that was his mate, and she died. Um, they all become like entranced by her, and McReeve had was convinced by Ruel that that was his mate. Um, so that's why he also felt compelled to protect her. Um, anyways, she dies, and um, it flashes, you know, to the present, which is nine hundred years later a casual 900 years later (laughs) Uh, and I forgot to mention he has a twin brother Monroe who's like been with him throughout you know the whole 900 years um anyway so we flash back oh shit my phone fell what's their name is it like sexy and sexier or hot no hot no is it Mick hot and Mick hotter Something like that. But yeah. clearly Monroe is the hotter. Apparently. <laughs> Which I'm like, that's so mean. <laughs> they they literally have the same face. But you're like, no, Monroe is hotter. Yeah. I think it's because, like, McReeve carries, like, intense, like, baggage. And, like, it kind of, like, closes oh, his yeah. I mean, off. I don't know. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Plus, Anyways. I think they just say he's, like, kind of unkept. Like, his jeans yeah. are, like, have holes in them. And his t-shirts yeah. are, like, ragged. And yeah. So I think that's part of it, too. Yeah, I and know. I don't know how long Monroe Monroe's hair was when. Uh, oh yeah, he was frozen I think it, in time. I think it's shorter. I think it's shorter. His. Yeah. Wait, hold on. You just said something really interesting. What? So, the length of their hair when they freeze into immortality is the the length that they'll have for the rest of their lives. Yeah, they talked about it in this one. Um, so his hair can only grow to that length. So if he were to shave his hair, it would grow back normally, I think, but it can only go to like that length. So you're better off letting it like grow as much as you can so that you have some like wiggle room or else you're stuck with like a short ass haircut. What in case, what in case we were alive during the bowl cut times and you cut your hair (laughs) that way and then you got frozen in time. On that note, <laughs> um, back to being 900 years in the present, um, we mm-hmm. are at a soccer game and we meet our girl. Her name's Chloe, and we find out she is the daughter of Webb. Were you expecting that? I wasn't. No, I, I wasn't. I wasn't either. I was like, holy shit. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I, when I first read it, I was not. I was like, what? But it just goes to show that he was another man that couldn't refuse or, you know, he was another man that succumbed to a succubus. Like, it's just you honestly can't help it. That's how powerful they are um, in terms of, like, their sexuality and all of that. Um, Anyways, she overhears McReeve's uh, capture on the phone. And then she finally tells her father, like, I kind of heard your conversation on the phone. Um, What's going on with me? And then that's when... Webb was like, oh, I really thought you escaped this. And that's when we find out, oh, wait, there's more to her um, than being a, an awesome soccer player. Um, and then, you know, she gets kidnapped by witches and there's an auction. And then McGreeve and Monroe um, end up at this auction as well. Um, it's an auction between the Pravis and the Vertes, which is like the bad and the good of the lore. And they're basically um, bidding on her um, because she could be like a bargaining chip or whatever for Webb, since we all know he's missing. And last time we saw him was in Lothair's book at the end. Um, anyways, McReeve recognizes Chloe as his mate and has a reason to live again. 
um, and takes her to his compound and like they fall in love in like a day, basically. (laughs) (laughs) And then (laughs) and then we finally find out, you know, what species of the lore she is. And guys, what is she? Well, okay, can yeah, yeah. So can I? Okay, I'm interrupting again to say that (laughs) at first I was like, okay, we are forty percent into this book, and I was like, I don't know that I'm into this. Like, nothing's really happening. Mm -hmm. They've fallen in love really quickly. It's so unlike a Cressley Cole book. I was like, what is what is going on? And then. And, like, at that point in the story, I don't know about you guys, but you think she's a Valkyrie. So yeah, like, I, I thought so she's, she's a Valkyrie just a plain as well. Valkyrie. Mm-hmm. Like, what's, like, I don't understand this pairing, what's exciting about it. Yeah. And then 43% hits. And we find out that she's a succubus. Mm-hmm. And you're like, holy shit. Yeah. Because <laughs> McCreeve goes ballistic. Wild. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, <laughs> No, he goes completely insane when he finds out and shit hit the roof. Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay. And like, I don't know why I was doubting it. Because it's like, you know, Cressley Cole will take it there. Mm -hmm. I was like, there was just something wrong with this pairing. I was like, what is supposed to be exciting here? And like, Cressley Cole sure knows how to make an interesting pairing. So I was like, this one is like failing but (laughs) then it wasn't i was like yes of course she took it there like what was i thinking of of course she's a succubi like she has to be it's the one thing he hates exactly and it's not only just that he got raped from 9 through 13 it was Mm -hmm. he even got attacked when he was on the what is it called again with the Uh, the prison mm -hmm. when he was in the prison he got attacked by five other succubi and like the only way he would have like the only way he didn't get raped was because he was saved by other allies um he really wouldn't have uh you know made it out of there he would have like relived his rape all over again and like to find out that his mate his one true person that he could be with in his life and have children with is from his enemy species and then cues the rest of the book where he treats her like shit and Damn, she needed he a doesn't tough treat skin. her like shit for that long though. He like did. he's he's sure he's sure awful for a while, but then I feel like as soon as they go to that like cabin in like Scotland, he starts going soft. Marge, this man l- literally told her <laughs> you must dream about being gang raped. What? Yeah. What? He literally said that, and I was like, whoa. Oh, because she's a succubus? Hold the phone. Well, okay, sure. But, you know, eventually he goes soft. He was a bastard. It, it, it lasts, like, <laughs> eight chapters. As does this, uh, does he surpass Bowen for you? Bitch-ass McCree? <laughs> as in, like, I hate him, but I love him? Or as in, like, yeah. I hate him, but I hate him? Oh, <laughs> I mean, like, you know how you had your bitch-ass Bowen moment? Did you have any, like, moron McReeve moments? I just I just thought he was a bastard. And to be honest, he wasn't my favorite. Like, okay. I feel like his name should be motherfucking McReeve. Yeah. There that you go. Better. Yeah. But not, yeah. In the, not in the loving way, like how I said bitch-ass yeah. Bowen, because... Yeah. 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 All right. So, like, what happened, Steph? Well, I mean... You know, the regular. She needs to... You're the regular. <laughs> the regular? <laughs> What's the regular, Seb? 
the sexy times. Um, Say it. Use your words. I said it. Sexy times are like as a new youngins call spicy times. Anyways, so yes, they go to Scotland and my girl, Chloe, is still really trying to not embrace the succubus side because McGreeve has like made it known that they're the worst species to ever be and like even Monroe also said like they're pretty awful but like I think you can pull through because you're very different than how they usually act but she any she tries to eat regular food and like that's really not you know fulfilling her hunger and so she really needs um sperm you know other stuff <laughs> she really needs that dose. <laughs> she's thirsty <laughs> If only she could have went and picked up Nikolai's jizz. Maybe she went around um, New Orleans and picked up that. She, I mean, she thought about it. She was like, can't we like... Artificial insemination. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Cressley Cole. I mean... <laughs> well, anyways. <laughs> McGreeve basically hate fucks it into her. And then um, he goes and vomits momentarily afterwards. And it's just like a hopeless situation. And it just doesn't... It doesn't really get better until he decides that, okay, fine, I'll stomach the idea of her being a succubus, but, like, I don't even want children with her. And then it escalates, and, like, they fight, and, like, other things happen, and then Chloe really realizes that, like, they can't really go forward in our relationship because, like, what is going on here? Like, it's she, like, she's hated. Like, her, she's hated. Like, there's no other way to get around it. Um, things happen, and then he's still giving her the jizz, um, until we find out later on. <laughs> Am I 12? <laughs> what do you want me to say? Sperm? No, it's not um, you. It's not, it's not oh. you. It's, even as I was reading, I was like, I cannot believe that I'm supposed to be taking this seriously. Like, this is an actual thing. Like, she needs, she needs that to survive. That's how she's fed. Like... I'm sorry. And poor thing was choking down an apple, too. I know. And, like, alcohol? Because somehow that's feeding her, and like, nutrients that she well, needs. Well, it's, it's numbing her hunger. I mean, like, all alcohol for her really did was, like, numb all of that. Um, and anyways, McGreeve is, like, keeping away from her. And, like, he's not really telling her why he hates her or why he hates her species. And then once she finally finds out about, like, his rape as a child and, like, everything that happened afterwards, she finally understands. And, like, she thinks that they don't have a future because how could he ever love her? Um, and then we find out uh, Chloe is actually getting sick. And why is she getting sick, girls? Because she was hate-fucked. <laughs> <laughs> that poisoned her. And all the hate and... Amazing! <laughs> I guess I just feel like Cressley Cole just put her wildest ideas yeah. into this book. Like all the nonsense that she was like, am I crazy enough to go there and have yeah. this be a plot point? <laughs> She's like, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, oh. basically that's what happened. Yeah, because yeah. he um, fucked her with ill intent. His sperm was <laughs> not good. <laughs> Anyways, Gosh. that's our book today, McReeve by Cressley Cole. What did you think about it, guys? <laughs> Let's start with S, because she kind yeah. of started already. We know she doesn't like motherfucking McReeve. Yeah. Um, yeah, this wasn't my favorite book. Like, I felt for McReeve, you know, the beginning and everything that he went mm -hmm. through. Yeah. And his family. Mm -hmm. 
Um, but I felt like it dragged on mm. too long. And then once I got, I was into it once we hit the, I think it was a 50% mark once they revealed what she was. Yeah. I was like, okay, like it, we're getting somewhere. But even then I feel mm. like it still dragged on. For some reason, his like cockiness and like the way he was arrogant, like it rubbed me the wrong way. I, I kind of want to say that it's it was me and not really the book. Because I guess the, with like the mood I was in. But it wasn't my favorite. Like even the sex scenes, I don't think they were. I don't know. They weren't doing it for me. I love Chloe though. Do you think it could have been like the intent <laughs> behind it? Like lack of a better word. It was basically hate fucking. Um, yeah. For majority of their times. Yeah. So may- maybe I was more in the mood of something like... Like bitch ass Bowen calling her <laughs> ah, by no, someone else's no, name? Don't be <laughs> Is that what you were in the mood for? <laughs> no, I don't know. I wanted something more loving, more... I think it was just me. I think this was like a me thing where mm-hmm. it just... It, the book didn't really necessarily... I mean, I me. don't think it was a, a you thing because I kind of felt the same way mm-hmm. for the most part. Like I like I said, like I really enjoyed the beginning, but then the book started falling flat and I was like, why this is this doesn't feel right. Mm-hmm. And then that 43 percent mark hit and I was like back again, like invested in what was going on. Mm-hmm. But then I will say that, like, after that, it again started to like sort of fade mm-hmm. and I wasn't like really invested in these characters i mean i i sympathized with both of them but i wasn't like oh this is my diehard uh couple right here in the, in yeah. the series like it's kind of they're a little bit forgettable i would say not like as individuals i think that they both have you know things that to like and, and hate <laughs> to be fair mm-hmm. um but uh like as a couple they're not the most exciting for me personally Okay, yeah. that's that. I feel like that's understandable. Um, I liked this book, um, but the first time I remember really hating it. Um, in terms of like his behavior to her and like how things were going down, and like I just found like he was really cruel. And like obviously the first instance that I could really remember was that you know <laughs> him telling her that she probably dreams of getting gang raped, and also um like just the way he like that's his mate, and I know he's full of anger and. Um, he even says this when he first, like, sorry, Monroe says it when he, uh, first discovers that she's a succubus, that, like, he would have killed her. The only, like, reason she wasn't dead was because of his beast, because of his wolf inside him. And that's literally the only reason why she didn't die that time. And, like, just, like... Isn't that such an interesting concept, though? Like, usually the beast is, like, the thing to fear, but in this case, the beast was the one protecting her from McCreeve. Like, I don't know. I really like that, because it was, like, an interesting play on what we've seen so far in the series, which was always the opposite. Yeah. Speaks on just how broken he was. Yeah. (laughs) He was very broken. And, like, even Nyx, like, when she talked to him about everything... She's like, you need to, what was it again? Like, you need to be, uh, like, the bone didn't set right. Mm. And he needed to break it to mend it again. And that's basically what had mm. happened and what needed to happen. It was, it was, really, it was really hard to read about. Um, but overall, I did enjoy the story. And I enjoyed, like, their relationship progression later on. Like, reading it again. Um, and I liked the angst in the end. I think I got good angst payoff when he realized mm. he was the reason why she was dying. And he had to let go of his hatred in order to 
let her survive because she was dying because of him and like and he saw how different the succubi like or sorry anubis people not anubis ubis people were um than what he was perceived to believe and like they're actually good people and like they thrive and like they're good kind people <laughs> like an argument to make in his favor is like yeah sure he was cruel towards her but like he obviously has a very difficult violent past with this yeah. species plus the thing is that like his he like he misjudges he misjudges his part like her whole species but everyone does they don't yeah. know that this whole species is completely different and the ones that they've met and been around are the ones that have been kicked out exactly because they've broken the law so it's like how can you really expect him to think that not all succubis are like this exactly when everyone thinks they're like this because that's the example that they've had so anyway exactly um but we also got an update on vincent and the succubus from the prison we did they're married i noticed that yeah that's so cute i was really happy to read that you talked about the angst and you also talked about the scene where he vomits oh my god yeah so the the gist of like the whole scene is like he's like all right we'll have sex whatever and he tries and he does get hard but he loses his his erection pretty early on like he literally cannot keep it up because of like all these haunting memories that Mm -hmm. he's that he has like Mm -hmm. this trauma related to sex and like to a succubi and like Um, how her eyes are a trigger for him her green eyes yes and so um he lets his beast take over because that's the only way to finish and he's like aware that she needs this to survive like it's like critical Mm -hmm. um so he does that and then afterwards um he as soon as he's like back in his body if you will um he vomits like he literally he like he's i just i was like oh my god and then she's crying because she's like we literally just had sex for the first time like this is her first time ever and the guy just vomited (laughs) i was and then she cries yeah so she cries like i'm just like oh my god this is so sad on so many levels for all, like, both of them. I know. Like, both of them. It's just rock bottom at that point. <laughs> oh, my God, the angst. The angst, exactly. It's just brutal because, like, even she talks about how, like, she never really cried, but she felt broken yeah. at that point. She would, like, she's, hit, as you said, they've hit rock bottom. That's a pileup of things, but, like, that really yeah. broke her and broke me. Yeah. It broke all of us. <laughs> No, and before that, he needed to get drunk in order to get upstairs. Yeah, and and she thinks that she thinks that that's why he can't keep his erection going. But <laughs> whiskey it's dick, not it's it's, yeah. it's a lot heavier than that. Um, which, to be fair, I I I thought that the portrayal of you know a rape slash grooming victim was like done really well in the sense that like. I mean, kind of like Nick said, like, the bone wasn't set right. So, like, Mm -hmm. how do you expect him to walk on a broken leg? Exactly. Like, of course he's going to be a broken-ass human being who, like, he's broken and he will 
you know, break other people in return because, like, he doesn't, like, he just, he's never learned how to cope with it and he's never healed properly. Mm -hmm. So, you know, his behavior towards her makes sense to me. Did I hate it? Uh, yeah. 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 But I was like, I understand where you're coming from and I understand that what you're doing is because you're so broken right now Mm -hmm. that you cannot see her perspective or you cannot see that she's actually a good human being because you've been proven otherwise too many times before. Exactly. And I think we also need to look at, um, he had 900 years of living that way and like believing that way and not really facing the problems and also trying to heal. And we even like find out that whenever he has sex before Chloe, he needs to be in beast form. And that's why everyone seeks him out to have sex with him because they want to know what the mate experience is like, but he literally can't have sex without, you know, letting his beast out. He's literally been fetishized for his trauma by other by other women. Like didn't they say how like awful before you before you die like that's one of their goals to bed him? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's sad. So I feel Anyways. for him. Like <laughs> I do. <laughs> like there's the there's one scene. I I don't know if it's right after the first sex scene or later on. I think it might be later on. Like he's literally Oh, it's when he goes back to the cabin where he was raped by the Secubi. Well. And he's literally calling himself sick, sick, mm-hmm. sick. Like he's literally saying that over and over. I I was like, oh my God, McCrave, like I just want to hug you right now. I know. Like he he has one scene with his brother, um, where his uh, Monroe is like, Should I like hate you? Like, is that what you want? And McCrave mm-hmm. is like, I've been awaiting this for centuries. Like, I've been waiting for you to hate me and like I can't believe you ha- you don't. Like like that's how that's how he feels about himself. He's like, No, you should hate me. Hate me, please. Like hate me yeah. like I hate myself. You know? Yeah, because he sees his parents' death and also his sister's death as yeah. his fault too. Yeah. And it's just a lot of things that he's carrying with him and it's been nine hundred years and like it's never been checked, you know? Like it's just something that he's been living with and struggling with and yeah, when Chloe comes into his life, it's just, like, him facing it all over again. And I also feel like that kind of shows, like, a a bad side of matehood or whatever you want to call it. Because, like, the father literally chose death because his mate died. And he decided to leave behind his two sons who were only 13 by, at, at that point. Mm-hmm. Like, he would he would prefer dying because his mate is not there than choosing his kids. Like, that to me is kind of messed up. Like, it's a messed up side of, of the whole mate, mate yeah. thing that we don't really think about, but it's like, yeah. Like, I don't know. Like, that's, like, your kids. Like, you're just leaving them. And then, like, well, of course, McCreeve grows up thinking that it's all his fault and yeah. that... He should hate himself and, you know, like, it's just, I don't know. There's something really messed up in that. Yeah, I feel like this book really delves into, like, um, as you said, like, the bad side of the mating bond as well as, like, the good side. But I felt like, I I don't, I still don't understand how deep these emotions run between mates because, like you said, he's leaving his young children um, because he can't live in a world without his mate. So, like, I found that was really interesting as well. Like, I want to know how deep that is. Like, and it. Yeah, and it's clearly a choice. It's clearly a choice because we all know that Bowen thought that his mate had died 
and mm-hmm. she wasn't his mate, but like he served, he kept on living for but years and years thing. and years. Well, okay, she wasn't the she real wasn't deal, really but he mate. thought she was. He thought she was. So maybe what he was feeling was a shadow of what McReeve's dad felt. Uh, I mean, okay. Well, Reagan kept on freaking living when her mate kept on dying. <laughs> so Valkyries don't have mates. Fine, but they they have a bond. They kind of have a bond. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> werewolves are just night gays are just too much in this world. They're just too intense they're, they're for so me. Intense. It's just it's unhealthy to be perfectly honest. Yeah. It's not it's not right. It ain't right. <laughs> you know what? I just had a thought. Yeah. Okay. So, um obviously this makes me sound like a pervert, but basically <laughs> What are you going to say? So don't we always sound like perverts? <laughs> yeah, I know. Anyways, um, no, I was just recalling, like, as we talked about Spunk earlier on with, like, Nikolai leaving mm-hmm. his on the street. McGreeve left his in the, like, the pond. <laughs> Wait, what pond? What scene? When they were, like, you know, in the water, like, they jumped from the, the mountain. Steph, the world is full of jizz. Like, I'm just listen. saying, if there was like a nymph in the water or something, I don't know. We've read, we've read 13 of these novels, 14 if you count uh, the warlord. So, and they've all had, they've had sex all over the place. Yeah. Okay. Um, Gareth, H- Gareth's jizz is probably somewhere in that temple. Yeah. Heck, what was her name? Um, the, the corpse, like the the corpse queen reawakened, whatever she was. La Dorada? From, yeah. Maybe she collected Gareth's sperm. <laughs> Maybe. I'm telling you, it's all over the place. And this is just 14 couples. The world is full of them. <laughs> I'm just saying, you never know which nymph or witch or whatever could have a purpose for that. <laughs> Did wasn't it in this book where someone was collecting? Oh, okay, okay. Oh my god, I, some, yes. We didn't like that, talk right? about yeah. the end. No, no, but yeah. I, I don't know why like that. Right? That's yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. yeah. No, you're right. Yeah, yeah. Um, can we talk about Monroe like before yeah. we get to uh, the epilogue? Because like that's literally yeah. the epilogue. So like maybe we should get <laughs> yeah. into that yet. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, I appreciated getting to know Monroe. Yeah. Uh, funny thing is, I was like, okay, so essentially Monroe has like baby fever. <laughs> no, like... I know. Yeah. I was like, how cute is that? He's adorable. <laughs> the big like man who is just really into babies he just really wants babies and so he's adopting kids left and right like raising (laughs) them and like waiting for his mate (laughs) this man adopts teenagers i know (laughs) oh yeah i love him and he's such a kind guy like despite like i just think it's so interesting how mcreeve and him are like kind of opposites but like Mm. they share such a close bond obviously yes they're they're twins and like their wolves are like from the same spirit or whatever, but like mm-hmm. I loved seeing how different the, the two characters were. I'm hoping he doesn't change too much in his book. Like I still want the soft side. So okay, let's just talk about the episode. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we can't go around it. <laughs> yeah. Um. So what happens in the epilogue, Seth? So basically, um. Oh wait, we didn't even talk about. Uh, we'll talk about. You know. We'll web get back after. to the story afterwards. Yeah. Or do you want to talk about web now and then the the epilogue? No, let's do the epilogue and then okay. web after. Okay, okay. 
Um, so basically, uh, McGree finds out that his brother Monroe is kind of missing, um, and that some sorcerer or warlock or whatever has him. And then we go to the epilogue, and we see um, <clears throat> it was Monroe and um, one of the other like I forgot his name. Was it like Matt? Matt? I don't remember. My dad. Whatever. Anyways, he's known as like the like a wild. Um, fierce type of like and he has been locked in his beast form um and the purpose being um is to create more like um and then the warlock guy was like we want your beast monroe um and monroe's like i'm not i'm not gonna change for anything like i'm not gonna change for nothing um <laughs> and then somehow this warlock travels through time or space or whatever and brings Monroe's his mate, mate to him. Yeah. But Which, she's poisoned. How does he know she's his mate? Because he's a warlock, man. I think he just knows he can just, like... He knows shit. Okay. Yeah. Like, he can, like, pick up. And maybe he has a radar or, like, something. And she's poisoned and she's going to die um, mm-hmm. if Monroe does not turn and let mm-hmm. his beast out to bite her. Mm-hmm. And that's how that story ends. And, like, the appeal of Monroe's beast, I guess, is because, like, he has such control over it compared to the others. At least that's what I understood. Like, it was, like, his beast is, like, more exciting because Monroe has just such a tight leash on it that if it does come out, like, whatever, like, I don't know. No, and it's also, I think, because he's, like, one of the oldest. Yeah. Yeah. And stronger or something like that, right? Yeah. So... So that happened. That's the setup of the book that has not released yet. <laughs> right? Can you believe reading that and just, like, not having his book? In 2021. Yeah. <laughs> this book came out in 2013. <laughs> I know. Um, okay. Also, the girl, I think her name was Kiernie or something like that. She vows to never forgive Monroe. And he's like, I don't care. I just need you to survive. And, like, it ends with him biting her, and I'm like, shit, this is going to be so good. Because she was stolen from her wedding. Yeah. Oh, yeah. shit. I, that did not register with me. Yeah. Oh, yeah. my God. Holy shit. Plus, like, because sweet boy Monroe, who just adopts kids because, like, whatever, that's what he does on a Sunday night when he's bored. Um, he just wants his mates. Like, he wanted his mate even back when they were, like, nine in the I prologue. Know. Like, he just yeah. wanted that. So, of course, he's not going to let her go. So, we know that. Yeah. This is going to give us what we've always wanted. Which is? Female like a and male like a mating bond. Did you remember that? Yeah. That's why I said we might or might not. I think, remember, when you guys asked about Cassandra. Yeah. Yeah. Well, "Mm." speaking of Cassandra, they do mention her in this book. Yeah, they do. She was like, oh, my God, I had forgotten about you. Yeah. And (laughs) here you are. She kind of gave me, like, Leah vibes from Breaking Dawn where, like, she can't be around Sam and Emily because, you know, of their bond that they have going on. And, like, she can't be with um, Black Lane and Emma because of, like, what's what's going on there because she obviously Mm -hmm. is in love with them. Well, you know what? We talked about it in the very first episode. Um, 13 episodes later, (laughs) I still think she should get a book. All right. I think so too. But okay, so 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 in Monroe, we're gonna get a like a female, which will be interesting because it's something we've never seen before. Exactly. I'm excited for that. Then, okay, so Webb. Um. So basically, we leave him in this book. Uh. Well, not theirs, but we knew that he drank some concoction of blood. 
of like all the species that they have abducted um, and put in the prison. He drinks it and he becomes like some uber immortal thing with like crazy ass powers and like he looks ugly, sounds ugly. I don't know what the heck is going on there. But then they leave him alive. Yeah. I mean, the moment you become what you hate, like what? And he wants to like take over the world with like his son, Declan, and his daughter, Chloe, and he wants to like reign superior. And I'm like, this is so cliched. I mean, that's the one, I mean, I was going to say, that's, like, the one unbelievable thing in this book. Yeah. <laughs> Everything like, no, is unbelievable like in these books. But that's, like, when my, um, what's it called? Like, my suspension, suspension, well, suspension of disbelief? Is that what it's called? Like, that's the moment where I went, wait a minute. So, Webb, <laughs> who hates these Lorians so much... First of all, you're going to tell me that he fucked one of them. Second of all, you're going to tell me that he had a daughter with one of them and kept the daughter. And then thirdly, you're going to tell me that he then becomes one of them because he's like, suddenly, I've hated them all my life. But then turns out I actually want to be one of them. And you're right. Like, humans are the weak ones that we should kill off. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It was very hard to wrap my head around that one. And I totally I think I like wrote off that idea. Um, in the books, yeah. I really didn't remember what had happened to him um, mm. until I read it. And I was like, oh, shit. What is this? But didn't yeah. he turn himself because in order to defeat all the Lorians, you need to become one or something like that? No. I mean, from what I understood, his new plan was like, oh, you're right. The The humans are the weak ones that we should fight off. Like, we are stronger than them. And that's when Chloe or whoever it was was like, no, we're not trying to kill them off. Like, we're just doing our own thing. So, like, he's just insane. Because he goes from, like, one extreme to the other. And, like, there's no in-between for him. And, like, that's what she was like, okay, like, dad, you need to chillax. Um, But I kind of really wanted Declan and Chloe to meet in this book. Or at least later on, maybe, hopefully. Because she has a brother kind of out there um, she doesn't know about. So, like, you're the kid from... The family I didn't know about. <laughs> but also, like, didn't you want Chloe to be a little bit harsher on her dad? Like, maybe it's because we know what he's done. She actually doesn't, like, have hands-on, like, experience. Exactly. With what he's done I think that's people, very much what it was. I was like, goddamn, Chloe, like, you're really going soft on him. Like, But that's he her dad. He literally vivisected your, <laughs> your mate. Like she said, that was the man that raised her. That was the man... That, like, came to her soccer games and, like, went to her graduation and, like, he was, like, a great dad for her. The whole moment, um, the fact that, like, she goes into the office and, like, sees the the demon man, which turns out to, it's her father, but he can't speak, was a very, like, Frankenstein moment where, like, he's like, oh, I had to go off and, like, learn how to speak again (laughs) because I I didn't know how to do it. So I was just, like, a beast man, but now I can actually speak. I don't know. But, like, no, I think, like, yeah, it really goes back to, like, she basically is learning about the lore from other people. And, like, she's learning about, like, her father's awful crimes from other people. And, like, as you said, she hasn't exactly experienced it firsthand. So I think it was, like, her still recognizing her dad as her dad. But then at the end, she had to let go because she's like, this isn't my father. This is Webb. This is, like, the monster that everyone fears in the lore. Um, And she had to make that distinction, I think, herself. you know... Makes sense. Like, even um, Declan, he did sort of something similar, like, where he was like, I don't want to associate with you, but I'm mm-hmm. also going to let you live. 
Because but he was human I can't then. kill you. Which is why I don't get why McGreeve let Webb survive. You can clearly tell he's yeah. going to be a villain later on in life. Because he w- he wasn't already? <laughs> no, but, like, he's going to be, like, uber powerful now. And, like, he has yeah. all the species and, like... Maybe, um, maybe Malcolm can kill him. Because, like, Malcolm is already, like, sort of altered. So, like, yeah. he's supposed to be the most powerful of them all. So but maybe Declan, not Declan, yeah. shit, Webb has yeah. the blood of Valkyrie in him. He has, like, the demons, the vampires, the Lyke, the, you know, the the snake man. It's going to be an Avengers moment where you have, like, Webb and then all the- <laughs> All the couples assemble oh, <laughs> against Webb. <laughs> I would hate it. And then it'd be like, Lorians, assemble. Assemble. <laughs> oh, God. Please, oh, no. God. <laughs> um, so I was doing the audiobook, obviously. And yeah. um, in the audiobook. So what is okay? Please tell me what the name of the mom was. Fiori. That's a question. And Fiori. I, yeah, it's spelled F I F I O R E. Okay, because the thing is that in the audiobook he said Fury, so I uh, thought that it was Fury of the Valkyrie that's <laughs> at the bottom of the sea. So for the longest time, I was like. How? Wait, so you tell me he had sex with Fury, who's at the bottom of the ocean. <laughs> How does that work? And then also, so I was like, okay, so she's a Valkyrie. But then turns out she wasn't a Valkyrie. Um, So I was like, wait, are you telling me that Fury was like part succubi somehow? Like Valkyrie and succubi? But then I was you so You went through confused. this whole book thinking yeah. Chloe's mom. Well, I mean, eventually I realized it wasn't Fury and it must have just like uh, eventually I realized it was just the name that sounded like similar, but wasn't. But like, okay, for the longest time, I did think it was Fury. Her her mom was Fury. So. So that's a thing that happened. (laughs) The joys of audiobooks. I don't know how to spell any of these names. Uh, William. What? How do you even pronounce that? Who, you William? <laughs> like, uh, my William? favorite part was when Nix was trying to pronounce it. Yeah. And she's like, Alulu. <laughs> <laughs> Even though she full well knew how to pronounce it too, though. Like, I was dying. And then she finally says his name accurately. And then he's like, this bitch knew how to say my name this whole time. <laughs> <laughs> of course she did. <laughs> oh, speaking of Nix. Yeah. She kind of mentioned another... Uh, group of individuals do you remember that so she talked about how like she needed to get everything um in order because they're going to be fighting another enemy and it was like they're called like the bringers of doom Ooh, sexy do we romance one of them <laughs> at any point <laughs> maybe maybe not oh i had a question so my question is um so basically McGreeve is very similar to his king in terms of, like, hating his mate right off the bat. Do you mean Lachlan? Yeah, Lachlan hated Emma and treated her like shit, too, because of, like, his hatred of his vampires. The werewolves are literally the worst. No, Like, not. just think of who, who the fuck in this series hated their mate so much. Take it. 
it was all the likings. It was. And even Bowen, like, he also hated Mary Ketta for being a witch. No. And, like, he wanted her to forget that side of her. Yeah. Yeah. True. The only one that didn't was Gareth. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Um, So I'm just saying the vampires are head over heels, would burn for their mates on the spot. And then. And then the demons are like, please just let me come. I've never come before. Please. <laughs> <laughs> so the Lycans are literally the worst. Yeah. I'm just saying. Said it here on Romance and the Monsters. <laughs> Although S does not endorse. Only the truth. <laughs> I disagree. I strongly disagree. <laughs> I strongly All right. Disagree. So my question was, who do you yeah. think was in terms of like treatment to their mates? And also whose conflict did you believe in? Or which one did you find more believable? Out of all the couples? Well, I'm only comparing Lachlane and, oh, and McGreeve since they're the only ones that, like, really hated their mates. I think the more believable would be McGreeve and... Yeah. Right? And Chloe. That's what I thought, too. Because, like, we got a full backstory for him. Yeah, and his trauma was And we saw him struggle with his trauma. Whereas, like, Lachlane, I don't really know. He was just a bastard. He just... (laughs) Yes. Did he just chew off his leg or something like that? (laughs) No, and that's, like... I was just curious as to, like, what your views on for that. Because I know you, like... Like, you literally like all the like gay. Mm -hmm. So I was just, like, curious to see what you thought about them and which one you thought was worse. In terms of, like, their treatment. See, the Lycan, when the Lycan are broken-ass people, they broke other people. They break other people. <laughs> yeah, they broke the them. vampires go through shit, and then they're like, but I'm still going to be fine to my mate. <laughs> <laughs> Except um, maybe Lothair, which he didn't know. I love Lothair. You know, in his defense, he didn't know. <laughs> uh, all right, so what do you think the monster of the story was? Um. Okay, so first... We kind of talked about it, but um, the, the sort of view of succubi, um, like, from, like, the society, like, how society s- sees them, like, how the Lorians see them, mm-hmm. the, the prejudice against them of, like, oh, they're all a bunch of uh, horny, um, crazy people that, like, are just constantly uh, wanting to rape people because yeah. that's all that matters to them and whatever, Um when turns out that's really not the truth going off of what you said um yeah they only um release their venom or sorry what was it called there's their strew that's what it's called yeah um yeah. when like they absolutely have no choice like the good ones the actual yeah. ubis people only release it once they have no choice and then you find out later on that like mcgreeve always blamed like his lust for chloe on her strew and her always strewing and you find out that half breeds they don't have that Can't. capacity, <laughs> and that they're um they're weak in the terms of like what the Ubis people you know deem strong, and yeah. you know her not being able to strew is like a weakness, and like that further goes to show that like we don't know anything about these like the species, and like no one else knows about it, and like all Chloe learned about them was through people that hated her species, and like she had to try like develop a hatred as well and she couldn't like she saw herself and like she realized she's not bad and like she just like had to deal with like McCree's constant negativity and it didn't really like formulate her like she didn't really formulate her own opinion on her speech she's like she just wished she wasn't immortal at that point all those scenes where Chloe's like forcing herself to eat and she's like I have to eat heartbreaking 
it's heartbreaking that she's made to hate what she is exactly you know like you learn what you are like tw- like you you think you're a normal regular human being and then 24 hours later you find out that you're not and then 24 hours after that you start hating yourself I because know. suddenly the person that you loved um hates you <laughs> and like thinks you're evil and awful so and it's so sad because like she's kind of our first um immortal who's untainted by the prejudice towards species and like she doesn't really have like any formulated ideas like yeah there's holly but i feel like holly had kate and like everything else going on for her but like chloe basically was forced to read a book on the lore and that's like her extent of her education and then even when she like gets you know sold at the auction she is literally running to like the evil side of the lore to protect her because like you know she's trying to get away from like McGreeve and like Monroe because you know they're kind of scary um and yeah she learns about her own species from people that absolutely hate her and like hate her not hate her but her species yeah she's Webb's daughter like she's the probably the one person who has the most reason to hate Lorian's because mm-hmm. she would have been like she would have grown up with those ideals except he didn't uh tell her about it yeah. So that's interesting. Like she she could have very well been like web, you know, 2.0, but exactly. she wasn't. She read the book and she didn't take away from it that like they were people to hate. She was just like, oh, okay, this but is like But that's sad that her dad just kind of throw her to the wolves basically. Like he didn't yeah, prepare her. He just disappeared. Pun intended, huh? Yes. <laughs> It was so good, it went right over my yeah. head. <laughs> I love yeah, that Sam caught it, though. That's funny. Of course you would. Yeah. Queen of the puns. No, but yeah, you're you're right. Um, he did uh, throw her <laughs> to the wolves. To the wolves. Um, but I guess you could argue he did try to come back for her, but she kind of ran away. But did he, though? I think in his mind, he was coming back for her. Yeah. And in his mind, he honestly thinks he's doing good, like, as Web, as human Web. Like, you know, eradicating this world, you know, of these vile creatures, I guess. And he thinks he's doing good. He literally comes home, like, nine to five job. He comes home to his loving, doting daughter and, like, Nine to five job, fine. torturing people, comes home, makes exactly. dinner for his daughter. Because <laughs> he thinks he's doing the world a good service. And it's yeah. just, I'm... I'm happy Chloe never got exposed to it, but I think it's also heartbreaking to find out that your hero, your father, is actually a monster. And, like, not the monster we talk about or the monsters, like, we obviously, you know, um, empathize with because there's no empathy to feel with this guy. Plus, like, doesn't he say at some point, like, the two people I love in the world are Lorians now? Yeah. So, like... I I might as well start fighting for for with like this side of things, because mm. um, Declan is and now Chloe is yeah. like in a weird way. It kind of reminds me like it's it's fucked up thinking. Like I'm not you know justifying. Like he's still very wrong and like his his whole thing is like he's gonna start killing people now. Um, but it kind of reminds me of um that scene between um. Emma and her father in the first book like how his he too had like weird messed up um thinking but like he was kind of 
doing evil thinking he's doing good and like doing good whatever like it was it's they have people have really messed up fathers in this series anyways no i um it's like that's a good point i think to um note uh the the people that do have fathers yes they are pretty bad in this series I mean, like, I think we've already talked about it um, at length, but McCree's past trauma was a big monster, obviously, for the story and for the relationship of Chloe and McCree. So, yeah, that's basically his big monster. But we've already talked about it. Yeah. And and I think it was it was great. That sounds really weird to say, but it was great to see a portrayal of grooming that's like a woman towards a younger child, a, yeah. a boy child. Um, cause you know, it is like a thing that we don't see that often. Mm-hmm. You're, you're, we're so used to it being like an older man with a younger girl that, exactly. um, it's, it's, it's important to see how that would affect, um, a man growing up and like yeah. his, his toxic masculinity, like literally <laughs> it's that, yes. that's where it comes from. Yeah. So, um, there we go. and he also, um. At the end, he does recognize um, that in the end it all needed to happen and he found his peace in that because he realized that if Ruel didn't do what she did, then he would not have ta- like have attacked the woods of Merc and um, ridded, like, ridded of all like the evil creatures that were killing the Ubis people. Um, you know, and then Chloe would never have been bored. So isn't that fucked up though? Like he's not the first one to say that. Like Declan said the same thing. He was like, I would go through this pain and this torture just to meet you. Like that is also part of the whole like how unhealthy this whole mate thing is. Like at in the end, they're like, Oh, all this trauma was worth it for you. Like, yeah. I don't know. Like, no, it's no. not. You're, you're, you don't deserve that. Yeah, no one deserves um, going through what they did. But I feel like that's the only way they could have come to peace with what happened. Like, that's the only logic I think they could have. Because, like, I'm at, like, I don't know. You see things happening in this world, and you're like, how can things like that happen? And I think in order to survive and like to go forward, you need to find a way to rationalize it and you know form some sort of like logical opinion or ex- like response to what's happened um and i think in this case that's what mcgreeve did and that's what declan did as well no yeah that 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 makes sense it's just like how unhealthy no yeah that sort of thinking Agreed. is and like the whole fact that now everything that you have gone through as a person mm-hmm. is now worth it because of this other person in your life as opposed to yeah. you you know climbing back up that mountain and saying like heck i deserve to live i deserve to be happy whether this person is in my life or not yeah like i do feel like the fact that it's related to someone else and like just the presence of someone else it's like i don't know it's fucked up and then just to know that most of the time if that person then dies you're like well i might as well go too like it's just i don't know it's it's it's, and this is further implemented Sorry, this is uh, further implemented when McReeve literally buys a ticket to go to where um, all immortals go to die in that big fiery pit. He bought a ticket yeah. and he was going to go kill himself. He's excited about it. But then it, when he heck. finds Chloe, he's like, actually, you know, living might not be that bad. But once, as soon as he finds out that she's a succubus, he's like, okay, I still have my ticket. I'm going to go kill myself. Yeah. 
That's horrible. Like, I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, it's it's fun to read. Like, I'm not saying, like, this shouldn't be in books or whatever. Like, I read it. I'm, I enjoy it. And exactly. Whatever. But then when you, when you actually think about it and you, like, sit down and, like, reflect yeah. on it, you're like, that's yeah. kind of messed up. Yeah. They like, tie their happiness you know. to another person. Yeah. But, mm. I mean, I guess that might be the whole Faded Mates idea. Yeah. Where you don't find happiness until you have your mate. Anyways. <laughs> That's heavy. Well, <laughs> we had a pretty intense conversation there. I think it's just time to rate our characters. I don't hate the faded mate, uh, mates trope. Okay? No, not I at all. I just want to clarify that. I love it, in fact. It's just, you know, the, in this series, it's, like, particularly intense in how characters uh, rely on that a lot. Yeah. No, I, I agree. And I think we... I mean... It was good to mention it, I think. What would be a monster for Chloe? Do you think she has one? I couldn't really find one. <clears throat> and I, like, my only thing was I wish she had killed Webb when she had to, but, like, I feel like we already talked about as to why that didn't happen. But h- how did you feel about the fact that she essentially left behind this whole career that she really wanted? I feel like the book sort of discards that idea pretty easily i understand why it's impossible now but also i'm like that sucks man like what does mccreeve give up like what does he have to give up nothing like that's the whole thing of like these humans slash they're not really humans but they don't know about it and they grew up in the normal world and that they have to give up their whole lives to then join and like her especially she had a lot to lose she really did. Yeah, she did. And, like, obviously she didn't really delve into her human life. But I'm pretty sure she must have had, like, people she talked to. She must have had friends. Even her teammates. Like, she's honestly, yeah. like, dropped them all. And, yeah. That's pretty tough. I mean, she was going to compete in the Olymp- Olympics. Olympics. Like, that's huge. And then that's not going to happen. Yeah. It was pretty sad. I honestly, I really felt for her. And it was her dream. Mm-hmm. It was her absolute mm-hmm. dream to have that. And, like, as you said, they didn't really talk about it much, but that's a whole dream she has to let go. Like, I feel like a lot of the time, if you're not um, one of the witches or one of the Valkyries, I'm like, what the fuck do you do with your time? Like, we, we talked about it with Malcolm. It was like, what do you want Malcolm to do in the real world? Like, he literally has no like skills as far as like real world things so what what is he going to do with this time and it's kind of the same thing with chloe i mean she's from here um but she's now living away from everyone and like society in general and you're like what is she supposed to do with her life now i don't know like i'm like sometimes i'm like this would probably be a really boring life unless you're a valkyrie kicking ass or a witch uh getting rich (laughs) you know (laughs) like because like like you said, she's kind of stuck in Scotland in a in a castle. Um, yeah. And she doesn't even have the people in New Orleans to keep her busy. Yeah. Like, they don't they don't have jobs. Yeah. They're no, just rich. They're just rich. <laughs> like, I mean, it's not a problem. Like, it's not it's not a tough, a tough thing to be. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but you're like, right. What does she do? I don't know. I just, especially when they give up things like that, like Chloe did. And Malcolm gave up a whole world, basically. Yeah. 
Um, anyways, this is taking a really, uh, critical turn. Yeah. That um, was I feel like I'm being very critical of the Lorians, but, you know. It's okay. Let's rate! Yes! I'll go, since mine, mine's basically the same as last time. For 11th place, it's Murdoch and McCreeve. Then it's Conrad, then it's Sebastian, then it's Nikolai, then it's Malcolm, Declan, uh, Rydstrom, and Althair. Lachlan, Caden, and then we'll switch Garrett and then Bowen. So Gareth was your first, but then it he switched back to second mm-hmm. for Bowen. Bowen. Okay. Interesting. Bowen is leaving. Bachas Bowen is leaving <laughs> his his mark. He said, "I ain't going nowhere." Yeah. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> what about you, Seth? Um. Okay. So I was kind of having trouble with who, like, where I wanted to place McGreeve. Um. Eleventh spot goes to Lachlan. 10th, Murdoch, 9th, Sebastian, 8th, Nikolai, 7th, Gareth and McReeve, um, 6th, Cade, 5, Malcolm, 4, Rydstrom, uh, 3, Bowen, and 2nd spot is Conrad and Declan, and 1st spot, obviously, is Lothair. The reason why I put uh, McReeve's kind of high on my list, like 7th, is because, like, once he kind of got over his prejudices and his hatred, I still really liked him as a character. Yeah. I feel like you bumped down Sebastian a little bit lower, no? No, Sebastian's always been there. Yeah? Okay. <laughs> he's so sweet. He doesn't deserve this. <laughs> he doesn't, but that's part of the reason why he's there. I'm sorry. Um, sorry, Sebastian. But uh, that's kind of why you're there. Okay. Mine is 11 is Lachlan, 10 is Murdoch, 9 is Malcolm, 8 is Sebastian, 7 is a tie between Conrad and McCreeve, 6 is Bowen, 5th is Gareth, 4th uh, is Cade, 3rd is Nikolai, 2nd is Rystrom and Lothair, and then 1st is Declan. Okay. I'm kind of shocked that Rystrom went down. Girl, my number one and the tie at number two it's like it's all it's all a big uh it's my reverse harem okay it's it's all we all love each other (laughs) oh man okay the woman let's go so 12th plays naomi 11th daniela then chloe then miss then katarin sabine carol emma uh reagan and elizabeth are together and then lucia holly and mariketta all right um, 11th, Naomi, 10th spot goes to Emma, 9th, Danny, 8th, Lucia, 7th, Caro, 6th spot goes to Holly and Chloe, our half-breeds, um, 5th spot goes to Mist, 4th, Katarine, and in 3rd spot, it's Sabine and Mariketta, 2nd goes to Reagan, 1st spot goes to Elizabeth. Okay. <clears throat> Mine is, uh, in 10, we have Naomi, 9 is Emma, 8 is a tie between Daniela and Caro. Seven is Lucia, sixth is Katerin and Chloe, fifth is Mariketta, four is Holly, uh, three is Mist, second is Reagan and Ellie, and then first is Sabine. <laughs> you know what I find funny? Um, we have um the characters of this book in the same spot. I have McReeve at seventh, and you have McReeve at seventh, and I have Chloe at sixth, and you also have Chloe at sixth. Interesting. I know, right? Oh my god. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, we agree, clearly. We finally agree on something. Average. <laughs> they were average. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Okay. I think it's, it's time to end. All right. Well, 
this is it for this episode of romancing the monsters um i hope you enjoyed it um yeah i mean if you want to know what we're reading next week uh you can check our social media um on twitter you can uh find us at the rtm pod or on instagram at romancing the monsters podcast you can also email us if you want to at romancing the monsters podcast at gmail.com and uh our tiktok what's our tiktok romancing the monsters pod yes okay uh that's new um and then <laughs> you can also find me on both instagram and twitter at romancing monsters no <laughs> at uh, foes and lovers and you can find me as on instagram and twitter at but this book and you can find me Seth, on both instagram and twitter at pros with woes and if you like what you've heard um please consider leaving oh, us yeah. A review or just a like or a heart or whatever or even just like comment you know on social media if you feel me um let us know it. we love the dms let us know yeah slide into our dms <laughs> <laughs> the good kind though <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or if you even want to rate these characters yourself you know yeah us, uh, your rankings that would be great would love that we hope to see you next week goodbye bye <laughs> Why was that ending so painful?